Hey everybody, Ryan, your host. Uh, I want to say thank you, as per usual, for uh, listening to the Comedy Northwest podcast. Love to see those downloads. Thank you very much. Um, this is a really great episode that I recorded with uh, Noriko Ott and Dan Weber, both of them from the Portland area. Um, they came down to do a Bend Comedy show, and uh, the next morning we sat down and did this podcast, which was a lot of fun. Uh, talking to these guys, both of them I had just met for this show for the first time, so it was a great opportunity for me to sit down and get to know them a little bit. So now you can get to know them. So enjoy the episode. All right, hey everybody, welcome to Comedy Northwest Podcast. Starting out a little, little hot there. Um, I've got two awesome guests with me, uh, Noriko Ott. Hey. And Dan Weber. Hey. <laughs> How goes it, fellas? Well. Pretty good. So, we, uh, it's nice to have you guys here today. We did an awesome show last night. Thank mm-hmm. you for coming into Bend. Yeah, uh, it's fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, in fact, I got, I even had people Facebooking me today saying how awesome the show was. Cool. Nice. Uh, which is always nice to get the next day gratification. Way better than robots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would think yeah. so. Um, so what did what did you guys think? Did you enjoy yourselves last night? No, God, no. It was all <laughs> man. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, was I just I was just hate fucking the crowd with my humor dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I had fun. It was a fun time. It was a good crowd. Yeah, um, it was March Madness stuff. So like, I was surprised anybody was in there at all. It was just like I was like, oh, everybody's gonna be watching the games. Yeah, and. Yeah. That was the thing I, I had last night. It was like, I, the first thing, it was one of those things where it's after it happens, you're like, oh, this is not the way to endear myself to a small town bartender. But the second thing I sat down at the bar upstairs and was like, when's this game over? He just <laughs> rolled his eyes at me. Like, uh, <laughs> never. Just, I was like, I'm not even getting a beer now, am I? <laughs> April 4th. <laughs> I was going to end real late. Like It went till like 9.30 or something. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, so once the, that was over, it filled right up and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting, Bend being Bend. And, of course, with comedy, it's the same thing. Uh, we advertise everything. Show starts at 8. Show starts at 8. Every single time, a majority of our audience shows up between 8 and 8.15. Oh, yeah. So it has – it stresses me the fuck out mm-hmm. before a show. So I have amazing comedians come into town, and at 7.55, there's, like, four people in the audience. I'm like, ah, shit, god damn it. But because it's Bend – uh, and of course, people never show up on time for comedy. No, that's not just Bend. Like, and uh, it's everywhere in Portland. It's a thing where people will, on the on the event invite and stuff on Facebook or on like anything, they'll they'll say it's a half hour earlier than it really is. Yeah, because just people will not show up until. Yeah. And then even then, I'll have people like anytime I'm on a show, people will message me and be like, "What time are you on?" I'm like, <laughs> "Just get there and sit the fuck down." Yeah, exactly. How would I even fucking know? Like sometimes you don't even know what the lineup is, right? Until you start, till the show starts. Yeah, yeah. They don't know that shit. They're just like, "Well, what time are you on exactly?" Like just, just come watch the other fucking people, man. Don't an be a hour dick. Out of your ske- out of your fucking busy life. And There's sit nothing the fuck shittier down. than when you go to a show, and like a bunch of people show up. And then, like, like halfway through, and then as soon as one person's done, like, half the crowd just gets up and leaves. Oh, that's the that worst. is the fucking worst. And uh, and you ed- actually end up hating the comedian uh-huh. that made that yeah. happen. There's actually, in fact, here's an interesting thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, because I was talking to my girlfriend Elaine about it, mm-hmm. 
and we were talking about how comedy is sort of a mafiaist deal when it comes to the community of it. Um, because Noriko, you came. We, I, I never book anybody unless I've seen them myself, or uh-huh. they come highly recommended by other headliners. Right. Everybody mentioned your name. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and mostly it was uh, headliners who didn't have a feature mm-hmm. who were asking me, uh, "Do you know Noriko?" Uh, and I was like, "Yes, he's headlining." They're like, "Damn it, I wanted him to feature." Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, headliner." Yeah. Um, but it is. Um, you know, the people that mentioned you are people that mention each other all the time. Uh-huh. So there are these little comedy families in different communities. In Bend, we only have the one family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, like, you know, a couple of outlanders. But there's, you know, it's it's a respect thing mm-hmm. in the community. So when you have people on the outside, like you were just saying, like, well, what are you on? Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Like, these other people in the show, these people are my friends. Mm-hmm. You should enjoy them as well. Yeah. So people don't quite understand that comedy is a community thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, half, how many gigs have you gotten because, you know, one of your best friends was running that show? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I think I think with, uh, with comedy, like, what, what you get is, like, it's just it's a total meritocracy, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I mean, people will book their friends and stuff for sure, but like, but nobody's gonna book and like, nobody. I don't know. Like, everybody, like, um, nobody really even notices you until you make them laugh in yeah. comedy. Like, there's just people like that'll come up that are new, like all the time. Be like, hey, you know, like, how's it going, guys? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know your name, and I won't for probably like a year. Yeah. And then you'll say something super funny, and then we're gonna like, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, that guy's all right, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. And once you have something that people laugh at. Uh, they they want to hear that joke. They'll actually me and uh, Dan were just in the car talking about this uh, guy um, um, who has a joke in town that we would just like. You can say his fucking name. No, fuck him. I'm not giving him free advertise. No, his yeah, name ben. is Ben Harkins. Ben Harkins. <laughs> He's new and he like has a joke that everybody quotes around town because it's like it's um, one of the best jokes I've ever heard. Like like literally like like just the way he does it and what mm-hmm. he talks about is so eminently quotable. I mean, it's the he. Currently has not had another joke that's to that same level. Yeah. But it's cool that in the first year he wrote something that everyone, everyone I know references a couple of the lines from this joke. Yeah, and yeah. once you have a joke like that, like people want to book you, you know, and like and your and your name gets up. And then once you do it often enough to where like every time you're at a show or something, people are like, oh fuck, he really, you know, like mm-hmm. you find you, you get your batting average in, uh, up enough to where like you start being very reliable. <laughs> people, people like you know want to book you you know yeah. also if you're not crazy try not to be crazy that's a yeah. helpful or helpful thing. entitled don't try oh. not to be like try not to try not to be too entitled don't walk up to people who book shows and be like why haven't you put me on your show yet like that's not no then you're that's a good way to just never get put on anybody's right. show it's the yeah. worst it's a and it's a oh the mix of the two is a oh, terrible. that's even the worst yeah. that's worse still but really like yeah, absolutely right. Well, I actually just went through something similar with one of my new open micers. He wanted to do comedy, really into it, which is awesome. I mean, anybody that's you know really wants to do it, I'm happy to help them do it. Yeah. Um, anybody who comes to our open mic, I sit down and talk and be like, hey, you know, really want to do comedy? We do writing groups. There's all this stuff that you can do. Get involved. Um, because anybody who wants to do it, that's all they need for me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, once they come to writing group, all they need is a notebook and an open mind. And I've had to beat people down to begin with because they lack complete self-awareness, mm-hmm. when it, especially when it comes to their own talent and abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They 
think, oh, I can tell jokes, which means that I should be on stage. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you need to be funny. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than just the ability to tell a joke. I think it's funny. It's like the more you do stand up too, the more you realize how far away from funny you are. Yeah. Like, I th- the, like it wasn't. I, like I, I've been doing stand up for a whole year before I wrote the first bit that really like like for was like so it was the the first like bit it was a bit it was the three minute joke and it fucking and it, and it was the first time where I was really killing with it and like all the time and then and once I wrote that joke I was like I'm like oh. I've been bothering people this whole time <laughs> yeah. up yeah. until this joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said I said something outside. Uh, I was like, I'd been doing comedy for six months, and um, I literally said, because I'm not opposed to making myself look like an asshole. <laughs> uh, I said to some other people, I'm like, the reason I've been booked on that show is because the guy's scared I'll, stand, I'll stay upstage him. No, he was just like you. You're terrible. Like yeah. you, you're not very funny. That's why yeah. I haven't. And now that I've 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 gone back, like, in order to remain uh, humble, I will I will watch videos from that first year. <laughs> yeah, I would I do it about every couple months, and I'm just like, my God, that. I'm surprised. Like people, you'll you'll hear laughter in the background, and I'm just like, that was so nice of you. Like yeah. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> It no, that's the other. That's other comedians laughing at you not getting laughs. It's possible. <laughs> it, that's entirely possible that uh, they were just laughing at my bombing. I don't yeah. really know, but uh, man, I was terrible. Well, that reminds me, I have to clean up my internet presence. <laughs> no, these are all shit. on my private computer. They're not on. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, there's a couple of videos on YouTube that I'm like, I've got a, I have a cousin that recorded me at a show, like in fucking like Eugene or something, like, um, in my first year or something, and oh. I'm just. And it's a bad recording. Audio is yeah. terrible. And so even if there was, like, laughter, you can't hear any of it. Yeah. But my cousin recorded it, so I don't want, like, so i got to send that awkward email and be like, hey, can you take that video down? Because I look like a dick in it, and yeah, I'm not funny. Some, it, I, okay, so I, I, can, I, can, I can beat all of those terrible videos. Uh, before I did stand-up, uh, for a while, I was doing this thing where I would just practice. I would film myself practicing doing stand-up. In this empty <laughs> room. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I set up a, uh, no. I set up a, a Tumblr account, that was called um, Apprentice Comedian. It might still be there for all I know. No. <laughs> and I posted videos from Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. Oh, oh, of me doing that, and I've gone back and watched those, and holy fuck, no. they are so fucking bad. No. They're the worst. You're the worst thing ever. Fuck. We're yeah. looking this up right now. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I might have. I think I deleted it. Oh my. I oh. hope to God you did. I don't know. I, th- I think it's Come funny. Come on. That's. I just think it's <laughs> 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 that sucks. Uh, it's one of the fun. I mean, I watched it and I laugh at myself because I'm just such a fucking tool. Do you still <laughs> practice sets like in front of the mirror or anything like that? Like I. I now. Now I. D- yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I I pace in uh, my room and and go over uh, stand up. That's really that's sets. probably smart, but I never do that. I do it. I didn't do it before the show last night, which is why I fucked up one of my jokes so bad. I, I mean, I fuck up. I've, yeah, I, I left the tag out of one of my jokes too. <laughs> no, dude, I left out a tag that at the end of the joke I have a callback to. And as I was nearing the end of the joke, I was like, Oh wait, I can't do that callback because it will make no sense. Right. 
I don't know how to end this joke now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did that too, though. So I, mean, I just ended it saying, yeah, guys, I fucked that joke up. So that this happens. is why it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's supposed to end totally differently, guys. Yeah. I'm more of an impressionist painter when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, like a cubist. Yeah, it's just, you You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fucking renaissance exact representation. Yeah. It's just how I feel about the joke. There's, uh, what is it? I can't. There's a term for it, a type of art in which you just... Bullshit. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> you paint something without any meaning whatsoever, and then whoever walks up and says, this is what I think it means, the artist goes, that's what it means. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that was a, there's a term for that. Yeah, there is an actual term for that. Some Something, something art. I don't know. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is that I would like to see if I can apply that to my jokes mm-hmm. and see if I can just write the most random ridiculous things and if people will come to their own conclusions and actually laugh at them they're like that was racist yeah exactly like, it's uh-huh. like i said penguin i don't know i mean yeah black and what i don't know um so i guess i'll get into some of my questions here uh how long have you guys been doing comedy dan uh almost four years yeah i've been doing mine love four years okay yeah. So what is your what is your writing style? Can you sit down from nine to five Monday through Friday and just write, or mm-hmm. it, does it happen on stage? Dan, uh, I think Noriko and I are the opposite. Uh, I do all of my writing out loud. Mm. So I might I might do some of it, like I'll pace around, and I'll just riff on like an idea that I have, mm-hmm. and then I'll and then I'll find like punchlines that I think are funny that are funny to me. And then I'll go somewhere and I'll try to string those together in some coherent way and see if other people agree with me. And then the ones that people agree with me with, I keep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't agree with me on any of them, in which case that whole idea gets tossed out or like put on the back burner. So but I definitely do it on stage. So how much physical writing do you do? None. I, I, do none. It, I do it uh, after the fact. Like if I've got a joke that I like a lot and it's working pretty much the way that I keep t- I keep telling it pretty much the same way mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll write it out so that I can remember its existence and I put it on Google Docs and then I move on to another thing I got you interesting mm. uh, <coughs> I do a little mix of both because um, the whole thing with, with stand-up I, f- I feel like I feel like I, I, um, or at least for me like a 90% of it is figuring out what works for you yeah. like what do I need to do that makes me the most effective the most like what makes me write more? What makes me write better? Uh, things like that. So I, uh, I've actually taken to when people I've asked a, asked around a lot with comedians. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you? What is what's your thing? And I've tried them all. Like, uh, but I, I typically I do a mix. I, I like to, um, I write down like any half shitty idea in my goddamn head, or even just something I want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, or something that happened that day. Sometimes it'll be that thing. Um, but I'll, I'll write it down um, as an idea. I'll usually I like to take a walk and and like talk to myself, or record myself in my, into my phone and the little voice memo thing because then it looks like you're on your phone, which is kind of nice, so you can talk to yourself and not feel weird. Yeah. Uh, I do a little of that. I like I like walking and writing because the time goes by a lot slower, like so much slower. If you sit down and write, an hour will just slip the fuck by. Yeah. Like it ain't shit. But if you could take a walk for thirty minutes, you're like. You'll be like, "Fuck! I just wrote the fuck out of this joke three times. What time? It's been fifteen minutes. Holy fuck! You know, like, so I like to do that. But I also write the joke down, 
uh, my setups have a bullet point, and then there's a little bracket thing off to the side of it, like a tab over in, in my yeah. handwriting in my book, and that's the punchline. And then all the tags will be tabbed over from that. So I could just even look at a joke on a piece of paper and go, that's too fucking long. This setup's too fucking long. There's not enough tags. I can just see it on a page and yeah. go, that won't fucking work. I just made fun of uh, Andy McDonald. <laughs> at a, at a, he's a uh, 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 comic in Portland, and uh, he was writing it all out on his like notepad, and it was just this block of like a paragraph of shit. I go, what is that? That's not going to fucking work. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, what, dude? I'm like, and I can, I'm like, I can just tell by the, writing a fucking Bible. I don't know if he wants to fucking hear that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't like to have more than like. <laughs> Personally, I don't like to have more than thirty words before something funny happens. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I want there to be like very, very little dead space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. You can't help it. But it right. can, but most of the time, I try. I mean, I, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying I succeed all the time. No, and uh, Dan's really great at uh, uh, his opening, like starting a joke, like. Like a like a thought out like a whole bit out with one really funny thing like your opening joke into a joke is fucking funny as shit yeah. and I can't do that I have no idea how you do that I'm all fuck I want to do that it's yeah great. in fact I was talking to the bartender last night is that what did that motherfucker say <laughs> <laughs> uh, really what I said was your set is that um, I was going in and out and I was only catching parts of it but from what I could tell is that you had this perfect combination between raunchy but still being slightly more hilarious. And I've used this scale all the time, is that you can be this alternative whatever, whatever kind of comic. Sure. But like, uh, like there's angry comics, like uh, Mark Maron is kind of that way. Sure. Adam Carolla. Um, but it doesn't matter how much rage or raunchy or sad or whatever, racist even, is that you can be this much of that, but you have to be slightly higher, funnier. Yes. So as long as you have that balance and you're always funnier than you are, whatever it is you're trying to be, sure. then you pull it off and you do it really well. And right. I saw that you doing that last night with your set. Yeah, I uh, I specifically avoided uh, some of the topics that I tend to talk <laughs> talk about in Portland. Yeah. So I was pretty much stuck with like, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I get. I don't know. Like, I guess last night's set was dirtier than sometimes. Like. Sometimes yeah. it's less dirty. I don't know. Like yeah. Sometimes it's more religious and political. But I didn't know if religious material would fly. Yeah. So I didn't really, really want to. Because if I was headlining, so if I was the last person, mm-hmm. then I don't care. I'll say whatever I feel like saying. But yeah. if I'm the person right before the last person, I don't want to make the room ice cold for that next guy. Like, that's yeah. a <laughs> shitty thing to do. Yeah. So I didn't like do any of the, you know, any, any stuff about, you know, religion or whatever, because yeah. I was I didn't want to. I I did the I did a joke about the NRA that I wasn't sure about, but everybody seemed or m- like people laughed. Yeah, I'm sure there were some people in the audience that hated me afterwards. Well, see, that's the I thought it was ballsy as hell too. Like you were like you, I was like, cool, small talent, gonna do his NRA joke. Fuck yeah, do it, and it fucking worked great. Let yeah. me because it's funny. Well, Bend is sort of a yuppie town. I mean, it's mm. a lot of you know Southern Californians moving up here because they want. To get out of the big city. Yeah, but when you mentioned Obamacare, a whole bunch of people booed. Oh, right. I know. <laughs> I forgot about that. I and think so I one was guy like, went. I was like, all right. One guy said, "Boo healthcare." <laughs> he yeah. said, "Boo healthcare." I was like, See, "What?" That's the thing is that they weren't booing Obamacare; they were booing the political concept 
of yeah. something. Right. Yeah, but I mean that that lends so so if you're the kind of person who's like Obamacare's bullshit, you're also gonna be like, I love my guns. Like like those yeah. two things uh-huh. kinda go hand in hand. So I'm like, all right, maybe you won't like me so much. I don't really care. The only reason I even care at all is because I'm not the last person. Right. Yeah. If I'm the last person, I don't care at all yeah. <laughs> what the audience thinks of me anymore. Yeah. Well, Griff was opening tonight, and he usually does, um, you know, slightly raunchier sex jokes, religious jokes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a perfect opener for you guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, uh, super nice guy. So uh, how would you compare, uh, I mean, Summit last night to rooms that you do on a regular basis in Portland? Uh, yours was had people in it. <laughs> that was nice. That was that's a that's a real bonus. Yeah. Uh, a lot less uh I didn't yeah, like a lot less uh people were paying attention. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen all the time in Portland. Um <laughs> like you don't have to fight the T V. Like there wasn't a TV on right? in the same place as doing that's comedy. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. I don't know, like I mean it was a fun room. Like uh, the people were uh seemed pretty receptive to 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 laughing they were on board so that's that's good like you're not part of what happens in portland a lot of times is you have to convince the crowd that this funny thing is happening now so there's this first five minutes where you're just beating them over the head with it until they're like fine Mm -hmm. we'll laugh now but there's like (laughs) there's a certain period of time where it's like they're not you have to convince them that's what they want to do and i didn't have to do that last night which was nice yeah um. Oh, here's a really interesting question that I love to ask. Is that uh, it's a two-parter, and I like to do this as both a a warning and a shine shining glimmer of hope for those that are starting out to be comedians. Which is, what is your best gig ever? Hmm. Oh, uh, I did the Bridgetown Comedy Festival last year, and I got to host the Late Show at the Doug Fur. And Doug Fur is this really rad, like, basement venue in town, like a concert venue, and it's really cool. But I got to host, and then on the bill, uh, headlining was Matt Bronger and uh, uh, Laurie Kilmartin, and, like, two just fucking amazing, amazing, really funny people. And Laurie Kilmartin, fucking (laughs) holy shit. Yeah. Like, probably the funniest comedian around right now. Like, so fucking funny. She, She ripped... Every fucking door and window out of that. Fu- I was so fucking funny. Wow. And that was that was really really awesome. That was a really cool. Um, I got, I'm glad I got to I got to do that. That was probably the best. So the I think the best show that I've done. Uh, some friends of mine put on a show at Helium Comedy Club, and I was featuring for this other guy, uh, Brock Wilbur, who's a funny dude. Uh, I don't know if he's he's from L.A., but he comes to Oregon a fair amount. Uh, and so I got to do like 18 minutes in front of 100 people at Helium and I normally don't get to do that because Helium is not they're not uh, I'm not host material I suppose yeah so I got to destroy in front of like the people who run the place and like 100 people yeah for 18 minutes and that was awesome that's super fun and then I recently did a show like a one-off show that was about the same these these four comics in town run this show called Earthquake Hurricane in a comedy space that I helped run called Kickstand. And I did their show and that was amazing. Like those oh, people were Kickstand. super on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um Doug and Teresa Wyckoff. 
Yeah. Uh, we're just performing there not too long ago. They invited yeah. me to come up. Uh, um, and they said, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And then they sent me the invite, and it was Thursday. I was like, well, I have shows in Bend that yeah. I can't miss. God damn it. And it sounded really interesting. I looked into it. It's the, the basement of a bicycle shop or something like y that. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, to call it the kickstand is a like very clever little name. Yeah. I, I didn't come up with it. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, the second part to this question is, what is your worst gig ever? Wow. That's a, there's a hundred-way tie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a huge and you, you've performed 101 times, right? Yeah. Is that uh, let's see. What's the worst gig I've ever done? <laughs> Oh man, I've got one. Oh um, no, I have. I have oh, wait, go, I have, go, go, I have one. <laughs> go. Uh, I did, I did this uh, web stream show <laughs> in Portland. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention its name. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, this. And, uh, and so I've been doing comedy for like two years, and I go into this show, and it's a political activist show. So and I'm supposed to do comedy at the end, and. Um, and it was right during the point in time, right before Portland voted on whether to put fluoride in the water. So there was this huge uproar about fluoride. Like, everybody was going crazy. People were sending each other death threats about it. Jesus. And so uh, the show is a clusterfuck. It starts about an hour and a half late. I forgot to eat, so I drank like eight Guinness on an empty stomach. So I'm pretty drunk. And um, <coughs> the, uh, the host, one of the activists in the band that were supposed to play left. So one activist goes up, talks. We've got 45 minutes till I'm supposed to do comedy with nothing. So we're just like, let's just shoot the shit about stuff. He asks me about fluoride, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about fluoride. <laughs> and the whole crowd went completely insane. Like, they fucking hated me. And so, so they started yelling at me, and I just stood up and started yelling back. And I'm getting into an argument with the crowd. Like an adult. Like an adult, like, an, like you do. And one person said I was the worst person that ever lived. So that goes on for like 45 fucking minutes. Is that your, is your mom? Your mom showed no, up? But <laughs> she could have. It, it wouldn't have been surprising. Uh, so we get in this argument. At the end of 45 minutes, the host goes, oh, time for stand-up comedy, everybody. Coming up next, the guy you've been yelling at for the last 45 minutes, Dan <laughs> Weber. And I was supposed to do 15 minutes. So I did like 25, because fuck you now. <laughs> now it's a hostage situation. And I'm just, I just continue yelling at the crowd. Just fuck you. And so awesome. That's the worst show I've ever done by oh, far. And it's not a close second. <laughs> the close second is the time a skinhead mooned me. Uh, <laughs> where was this? This was at a, I don't even. It's was like, that in Selwood? Uh, it, it no, it's not Selwood. It's like. It's like across the river from Milwaukee. Did he have oh, a tattoo okay, that yeah. said Cindy? Because I may have been to the same place. Is that right, Nariko? Did that happen to you too? No. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually. Well, my worst show was like uh, this dude. Um, we used to run these shows. He was. Uh, he didn't have an ankle bracelet for like. <laughs> yeah, the same he got guy. busted for yeah. Oh, so he got busted for a bunch of coke offenses and stuff. And so he opened up a show at the bar around the corner from his house because that's as far as his ankle bracelet <laughs> would let him to go. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So uh, I show up, and he was like, "Yeah, you know." So we show up, and uh, and this is my first year, so I, I wasn't even very like funny yet. And I show up to do this show, and um, they don't even have a stage. They literally have like a wooden box that you stand on. It's like a phone book oh, that you're standing God. on, basically. And um, and uh, there's four people, 
in the audience. They do not give a fuck. And um, and so I, uh, it's my turn. And I go up on this wooden box, and I'm, like, telling my shitty jokes. And then um, the smoking section, like, was the patio, was uh, behind you <laughs> and to the left. Yeah. So I'm on stage. I'm telling these jokes to four people who don't give a fuck. And why should they? Because they're not funny. Yeah. And... And then all of a sudden, uh, from behind me, from out of the po- smoking section, this guy comes walking past. It's this huge muscle-bound guy with like uh, he's wearing basketball shorts and like uh, and like uh, uh, just a tank top, and he's got a shaved head, and the whole back of his head is just a photorealistic tattoo of a skull, like just on the back of his head. So as he's walking past, I go, "Hey man, sweet tattoo, you did it. I'm terrified." Congratulations. <laughs> well done. And I swear to God, the dude just stops, slowly turns his head toward me, just points and goes, me? <laughs> like that. And I was all, fuck. <laughs> and, and he goes, give me that mic. And I go, here you go. <laughs> and I got off the stage and left. <laughs> Yeah, it was exactly the same place uh, that uh, the skinhead moon me. That was uh, that was the first time I did a show there. The second worst show I ever did was the next time I did a show <laughs> there, where I showed up. I'm on stage and um, the crowd hates my guts until I uh, until I tell them like, oh yeah, I went to jail once for a DUI in Arizona. I went to a tent city, and then two guys in the back went, we were there too, <laughs> and then they were all on board. They're like, oh, this yeah. guy, this guy did time. He's cool, and then. <laughs> And then when I walked out, um, there was two people just talking at the bar super loudly, like a guy and a girl over the next comic. I'm like, hey, can you guys mind keeping it down a little bit? And the guy goes, I think I want to kick your ass. And I'm like, ah, I'm out. Right. <laughs> Last time, because I had to do the show again because I couldn't let it, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. defeat me or whatever. Yeah. And then the second time, I'm like, yeah, that's good. You got me. I don't want to do this show anymore. Yeah, fool, fool me once, shame on me. Well, I'm just like, twice. two threats of asshole. violence, two threats of violence. Okay, well, I'm done with this place. Yeah. I mean, legitimately speaking, like even even the shittiest show I've done was still like fun to do. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like I hated doing the Fight Church show. Well, I wasn't gonna say the name of the place, the show. Anyway, that particular <laughs> that show, <laughs> that particular show, uh, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of it. Like I talk about it on stage as a joke. Like I, yeah. you know, I've I've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. The skinhead mooning me. You know, that's just uh, most people don't get mooned in their career. Yeah. And I've been threatened. I've been mooned, and I had somebody threaten to sue me uh, <laughs> in the w- all within the first year and a half of doing comedy. So mm. I feel pretty good about that. The only thing I haven't done – anyway, there's one other show where a friend of uh, another comedian got punched in the face. <laughs> and, uh, nice. That show is like I followed him getting punched in the face and the cops coming. And that was a difficult show because nobody wanted to talk about anything but him getting punched in the face afterwards. Yeah. Like, they were, I tried to do material. They're like, what are you doing? No. no. <laughs> yeah, what? We're talking know. about the guy that got punched. So I spent 15 minutes talking about that, which was fun, and I laughed really hard, but <laughs> I have no soul. I mean, that's what it comes down to. The question is, the comic that got punched, did he deserve it? Oh, no. for, oh right? No? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he didn't. No, uh, not that time. <laughs> like, 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 like. There's been lots of times where that guy has said shit that should have got him punched in the fucking face. Uh, yeah. Uh, that time was weird because he did not do that. Like he he just, wasn't getting lippy with a dude. No, at he all? just. I mean, he said one thing to a guy, the guy who punched him. He said one thing to him that wasn't even that bad, but that dude was kind of half blackout drunk and mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, yeah. Yeah. So he, um, that's so funny. I, yeah. uh, at that same show, that same venue, uh, there was this humongous dude there, like, uh, when I did it. And uh, it's just like, crappy bar that's actually sinking into the earth like it's actually has <laughs> yeah. it tilts you have to walk up a grade the through the entire shanty. floor yeah, it, yeah basically like the ground is trying to swallow it like because it's just fucking it's so <laughs> it's hell so is saying your lease is up we need to have it back pretty now. soon there's just going to be like a like a hole in the you have to crawl through to get to <laughs> it it's just a roof sticking out of the mud but um there was this giant guy in there who had to be at least six uh six plus and he's a, like 300 pounds. And then uh, he he was like, even he was one of those dudes where even when he whispers, his whisper was, uh, <laughs> just like huge, crazy. <laughs> so I made fun of that dude for like most of my set. I'm like, because I'm like I'm like Jesus, <laughs> like what do you do? What do you do for a living? You just grind people's bones to make your bread, or what's your what's your whole thing? I don't know. Like uh, so. Like uh, but I didn't get punched. But but I always have like a, a f- <laughs> I don't. Know, it's always fun to have a good attitude about it. But that could have gone real wrong for yeah. sure. What about yeah? That's a good question. What about hecklers? What's the worst heckler you've ever had? Uh, the worst. I, I'll be perfectly honest, and say that I, of all the people that I know, get heckled the least. Like people seem to either I don't know why it is, uh, but I rarely ever get heckled. So um, I don't have a lot of heckling stories just because, like, no one ever fucking talks to me on yeah. stage. <laughs> Last night was one of the few times anybody did when I heard somebody talk mention my fingernails when I was talking about, like, shit on your hands. Yeah. And, uh, and but that's, like, that's super rare. That wasn't even really a heckle. Like, it's super rare that anyone heckles me, and, and it's even rarer still that somebody continues after the first time somebody heckles me because normally I... Like I, I follow this rule where it's like the first time I ask you to be quiet, then I tell you more firmly, and then after mm-hmm. that I get to say whatever I want. And normally it's something really awful. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, I'm I'm done now. Like, but I don't get heckled very much. So I, I mean I like um n- like nobody should ever heckle. It's fucking stupid and shitty, and you're an idiot. Yeah. But I actually don't even mind it like that much. Like if somebody gets fucking like, if somebody is like just being loud or obnoxious or, or uh, saying something out loud or, or whatever it, if you know like if you can't handle some like if you can't out talk some drunk idiot like you know what I mean you like yeah what are you doing up there like to me it's and it's I like the I like being pushed off my center a little bit doing stand-up it's fun yeah. to react yeah, sure. and have it like and sometimes those are the best moments Please never ever talk during a fucking stand-up comedian state shit. So the worst, the worst heckler I've ever had was uh, we used to do the Gypsy open mic, which isn't around anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spark of the Gypsy. Yeah. There was this. Um, it was an empty room that you would tell jokes into a cavern. Yeah. And to a neon cavern, there, nobody was there. But every once in a while, like, it, but it was kind of a bro bar. Then people would wait for karaoke to start on the other side. So we'd get bros and stuff in there. And there was this one table the one time that came in, and it was a bunch of like. Pretty girls, drunk pretty girls, and their bro fucking boyfriends or whatever, or bros trying to fuck them. And they took the booth right up front, and then they would say something shitty, and then when you and then when you would go like what, they would not engage. Uh-huh. So which is the worst? Because so you couldn't even, you couldn't even like be like, why did you say that? What the fuck was the point of that or whatever? Yeah. So like you'd just be like in the middle of 
in the middle of telling a joke, like in the, the, the middle of trying something new, working it out, you're in the middle of saying it, and then they'd be like, be like they'd be like, next, or something like that, and you're like, oh, and you're like, and I'm like, whoa, next, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I'm like, what, you don't think that joke was, you know, and like, you try to say something, and they, and they would just go, they would just look at you like you're crazy, I'm like, what do you don't, you didn't, what, what you know, you'd be like, what, why did you say that shit, you know, whatever, like, and, she, and they, they'd be like, why are you even talking to me? Like, like they would just be like, they would act like, and that was probably the most enraged I've ever been. I was there. I'm like, I want to, fu- I, I want you all to like die in a hu- like a fire, but not just a fire, like a, like a tire fire. Like I want yeah. some kind of sticky flame to get all over you. Like that was probably the worst. That, that's some of the worst heckling just because it's like, it would be in the middle of your shit. They didn't give a fuck and they weren't listening. Yeah. And then when you tried to engage, they didn't give a fuck. Like, it was just like the worst of all the worlds. Yeah. Uh, in terms of heckling. And and the only way, thing you can do about the situation like that is like, please get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. you're, you're not here to watch this. Just leave. Like, and that's, that's, and that's miserable for everybody around you and stuff. So that's like, that's the worst heckling experience. So what is, I guess, an odd question and as comics you might understand what is your best heckling experience like has there been a time in which you had a heckler and you just so easily and so quickly put them in their spot um i um i had have you ever been so i had lucky? a good time at, uh, well i mean it's for me i always just try to have a good time with even if somebody's saying something shitty yeah you know what i mean um because to me it's like i don't know it i am having a good time yeah yeah so uh, i was doing harvey's once and that's um, it's a big room. It's like 350 people in that room when it's packed, and all my jokes, especially like in a in a shorter set or in the beginning of my set, they're just they're about me and how I'm a piece of shit or whatever. You know, my name sucks. I'm a weak, frail piece of shit. I fuck like my haircut sucks. You know, I'm an idiot. They, those are all my jokes. Like in the you know just you know just well, I'm starting like letting people know about me. And uh, I did uh, Harvey's and this guy in the crowd. Um, I said, uh, I go, yeah, you know, I think it was a transition between jokes. I'm all like, yeah, you know, well, yeah, I suck or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll say you do like that, like, like real loud, like in the crowd. And I'm like, I'm like, you'll say, like, I was like, hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what does that? I'm like, what do I have too high of an opinion of myself, motherfucker? (laughs) I just spent 10 minutes talking shit about myself. And like, that was just, this guy's fucking way into himself. I'm like, it's not enough for you. What I need to do another ten minutes about how much I fucking suck, whatever. And then I went into another set about like some more shit about how I suck, and then uh, and then into that, like the guy, um, I said something else, or just to transition out or whatever. And he was, you know, I was like, uh, um, just in a totally different vibe. I was like, yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, um, you know, yeah, so uh, you know, I, I I suck or something. And then the guy was like, yeah, or something like that. And the whole crowd booed that guy. Damn, <laughs> they were like, boo. And I'm all like, they yeah, fucking fuck you. hate you. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. I think Shut the I fuck think that's up. some of the best uh, times when you have a heckler. When like somebody will yell something out of the audience, and like mm-hmm. you were just saying, uh, something to kind of just throw in there. Somebody just throwing a wrench in your machine mm-hmm. because sometimes it's kind of fun to like try to pull it out of there as quick as you can mm-hmm. and then throw it back at them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that challenge. You go up there telling the same jokes, same jokes. You want something mm-hmm. a little bit of exciting. So it's, you know, I do improv. So that's something that I really relish in. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do that, but then when somebody doesn't um, uh, get involved, they'll just yell something out and then you turn to them and be like, what is your name? What is your deal? What's going on here? And then it's just dead silence. It's the fucking worst ever. But then the best is when all you have to do is turn around on them once 
And then the second time they say something, the entire audience takes care of it for you. Yeah. And just instantly turns. And they're like, Bow. Yeah. And then I, that's like, I like you were saying there's different, or Dan was saying there's different stages when you're handling yeah, hecklers. Sure. Mm -hmm. And my stages consist of turning it around on them, um, beating them down, and uh, it's usually there's assholes and idiots, two types of hecklers. There's the idiots that are just drunk and think that it's a conversation. Then there's the assholes that are jealous of the attention and just trying to take you down. Mm. Sure. So mm. if it starts out with the idiots, then that's usually what I do. But if it's an asshole, I will then actually sit down, like go out into the audience, sit down and talk to them like a three-year-old and explain to them exactly what it is that they're doing and that they are ruining it for the rest of the audience. Mm -hmm. And when I do this, that gets the rest of the audience on my side mm -hmm. automatically. Sure. Because I am taking it very serious. I am explaining to them exactly what they are doing wrong because they obviously don't realize what they are doing to everybody else. Mm. And once I do that, then I never have to deal with them again because the audience will eventually just run them out of the room, mm. which is so helpful <laughs> at times. Yeah. I've um, <clears throat> one time there was this show run by some friends of ours at this place called the Chinese Village on 82nd, and it was notoriously rough. Like yeah. people just didn't give a fuck. People went in there. There was like coke dealers. That was like their fucking office, you know, <laughs> shit like that. It was a hard place to do comedy, and these guys came in. And uh, they were they sat down and they were like, yeah, we're professional hecklers. Ugh. And I was like, I think you mispronounced coward. <laughs> <laughs> and, they like, and, and that was it. They didn't yeah. say shit. After that. <laughs> Damn straight. Because <laughs> if you weren't a coward, you'd be up here, bitch. Like that's why you're down there. That's why yeah. you're you selling. You want to have some sort of anonymity for what you think. Mm -hmm. And you're just a cat. That's what a heckler is. Like if you're, <laughs> like if you're not the drunken asshole, that the drunken idiot, that's just like having too good a time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like, hey, you're fucking awesome. Like that's all right. Like I don't mind that. The person that wants to disrupt the show because they wish beyond hope that they had the guts to actually get up there and do it themselves, yep. but they don't. If you just call them out, like you're just a fucking coward, yep. they will shut the fuck up. <laughs> of me. They're like. Yeah, and then <laughs> they never really think of it, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I guess. But then again, you don't really want those people to start doing comedy because they're horrible people. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of like, you're kind of giving yourself, shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Maybe one time they're like, oh, yeah, I should do that. No, no, just yeah. uh, kill yourself. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your main goal. I have told people, to, I, have, I have gone after the first two stages where it's like, yeah, you know, can you please... You really need to be quiet because now I get to say whatever I want. Mm -hmm. The next thing I usually say is, uh, "Why don't you light yourself on fire?" That's and that's like go. it usually just goes from like low, low, and then fucking die, and mm -hmm. then I, that that usually ends it. Yeah, because they look at my face and they're like, "Oh, he's totally serious. Like yeah. He would enjoy watching me light myself on fire on Facebook. This probably should end now." You do look like somebody that would be a member of Anonymous. I feel like <laughs> just looking at you. Yeah. I've never seen anybody that was a part of Anonymous, but I feel like you could be one of them. I think that's why people don't heckle me as much. Yeah, uh, it's just because I look kind of a little <laughs> bit serial killery. Yeah, like and they're just like, I don't know if he'll burn me and my family to death. Like I don't know if he will. He will dox me <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, he I seems mean, like just, he has the ability. It's just yeah, people just leave me the fuck alone <laughs> for the I, most part. Yeah, if I heckle this guy, I feel like I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and the last thing I see 
are those painted fingernails. <laughs> you know those round glasses looking out over the top of a pillow as it <laughs> yeah. goes over my face. Just over the, just yeah. I, lo- I look over the foot of my bed and just those glasses and hair just right there. <laughs> oh, just God. A, the last thing I see. It's not a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, and of course, Noriko looks scrappy. Like, he's he's... He seems like he would be one of those guys like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. That's enough! And then just windmill, just swinging at people. <laughs> All fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> All fingernails and hair pulls for that yep. kid. <laughs> I'm all, a flurry of slaps Yeah, coming at you. Without that mustache, I wouldn't say it. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of rage in that mustache. I, have, I, don't, I had an older brother who was five years older than me, so he was always stronger and faster and smarter and shit. And, yeah. and then like training He's always training Fucking dick Always <laughs> taking wrestling And oh, fucking wow. or, or like And then later on Like uh, after we got out of, Like uh, we both were out of high school I'm all like I'm fucking, fucking bigger now Let's see what you got And he's all like Been taking jujitsu Or uh, ninjutsu was, He was taking Well the ninja one You were taking the ninja one This whole time Fucker But um, so because of that I'm just a dirty fighter Immediately I have yeah. like no qualms Dirt in the eyes. First thing I've I've done that to friends. Yeah. Like during a friendly <laughs> wrestling match, dirt straight in the eyes immediately on reflex. Like just like uh, dirt, and then like d- dick kick. They're like, whoa, what the fuck? Where was that? I'm like, sorry, I just I go right there immediately. That's how I, learned. I will go right there first thing. I don't give a shit. You're, there's this cute girl. You guys are having a tickle fight. Next thing you know, you're pulling your keys out of her stomach. <laughs> yeah, I pulled her shirt over her head, and I'm like, <laughs> just a bunch her. Of her in the rib cage. <laughs> Fuck you! Oh, oh shit! Sorry, I had, oh, I had a brother. I just, I'm sorry. It's just I'm, a thing. I, it's just a thing. Sorry, I didn't realize. Didn't realize you couldn't. That was not okay. Yeah, my my brother, older, meaner, uh, always picking on me. So mm-hmm. same mentality. Yeah. I completely understand. It eventually got to the point where I would just anything that would piss me off. I was like, "Well, he needs to learn his lesson," so I just start swinging at him whenever yeah. I could. Uh, I'm now 27; he's now 30. Still, still an issue. Still have to do that every now and yeah. then. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's I don't know. I was, I, you know, I was the, one of the biggest nerds back in the day, mm-hmm. so always being made fun of. So my fighting style is more to just, uh, you know, let people swing and push them away. Just keep them looking like an idiot while I stand there and just like, Ugh, knock it off. Mm-hmm. That sort of a deal. Be smarter. Use your words. Yeah. That sort of a thing. But I've never. Big guys, straight kick to the kneecap. We <laughs> got a lot of weight riding on those kneecaps. Yeah. They got weak knees. Yeah. Kick them right in them kneecaps. Oh, I mean. Technically, every human being alive has weak knees. Like they just mm-hmm. bend backwards pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. So no. the the the. Uh, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> talk about this. Damn, ever it was a it's like a. Where'd you get a gold belt? Yeah, there was no belts. There was no belts. There's no belts. But you did spend three belts years. Hold up your pants. Three years doing, <laughs> southern praying mantis. Some some sick, <laughs> martial art. Yeah. There's and, no and belts. We do, we, well, the first thing that we would do, the, the, the opening move every time when you step forward is to put your foot on the top of their kneecap, ride it down their fucking leg, shin, sc- right? and scrape your scrape the inside of your foot along their shin, and then and then stomp. stomp out their foot. Yep. That's the first thing you do, and pretty much a fight. Like if you're gonna get in a fight and you do that, like, and you succeed, yeah, the fight is over. I love like, that about kung fu. It hurts so much. All if the you've moves. ever had somebody scrape. Oh yeah, their yeah. boot against your shin—that's very painful. Yeah. If it ends with your foot getting crushed, oh yeah, it's the end For of the fight. And and also, your kneecap is not super strong attached. Yeah, and if it sticks out enough, you can hook your foot on it and just rip it off. Yeah. So yeah, that's just 
Well, yeah, it's like your funny bone. Like, it is one of the least protected things mm-hmm. on your body, and yeah. it hurts the most. And you can't stand up if you don't have it. You know, which you pretty know, much ends most fights unless the guy's like some sort of ground and pound kind of dude, in which case you're probably fucked anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. You, you probably wouldn't have got to do that and you would have grabbed your leg and then fucking you pulled your arms off. Yeah. Just one of those things. But, but yeah. anyway, I don't want to, this is not a podcast about murdering people, so. <laughs> now it is. Please uh, tell us more. No, that's my car podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. We're going to do on the drive home. That's when we talk about, like, uh, where's, where's all the places you can punch somebody that'll hurt real bad? <laughs> yeah. I Well, and see, here's another problem with the hecklers is that a majority of all the hecklers that I've had have either been men that are much bigger than me or women with boyfriends that are much bigger than me. Yeah. So it's I, I feel safe on stage. I feel like nobody's going to rush me on stage. Uh, and if I do, there's a whole audience of um, uh, onlookers mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, when the police show up, they, they, can, can, tell. they, can, they can tell them exactly how I died. <laughs> exactly. So, I was going to say. Yeah. There'll be no mistake on how I went down. Um <laughs> But there has been one or two where it's just some drunk bimbo in the audience. Mm-hmm. And those are probably the easiest ones to just put in their place because they they have their opinion. And the second you have a good comeback for that, they, they got nothing else. Yeah, sure. And it was in fact, my biggest mistake that I've ever made on stage was having a heckler right before I got to my finisher. And I put her in her place. Huge applause from the audience. And I. I should have just dropped the mic and walked off, but instead I was like, no, I'm going to finish my set. Mm-hmm. And my my closer was not as good as the heckler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, can, yeah. that can ruin a set. Like, yeah. Like having that, having that, like the thrashing somebody on stage and then like trying to, yeah, sometimes you just never do anything as funny yeah. afterwards. Or like the crowd isn't into, is into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That can also ruin. Yeah. It's a it's a secondary effect of heckling. Like even if you put the heckler down, maybe the rest of your set's ruined anyway. Yeah, like, that just sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks when people talk in general. Like you just don't want it. And uh, I I started I re- I used to run a show at the Bar of the Gods, and the guys still have me like uh, open the show with a message, and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a you know, it's kind of like a movie, except you know. If the movie talks to you, you can talk back. If it doesn't, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and it, and it's worked for them sometimes mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit here and there. I've changed it to not be nearly as aggressive because I found out I did that same. <laughs> I was hosting a show at this place called Al's Den, which is in the hotel, uh, like a McMinniman's hotel basement, and I did that same intro there. And I could tell after I was done, like everybody's like, "Why are you being so mean?" Like the bar of the gods is like a metal band, little yeah. metal bar. Like no, they're just like, "Yeah, of course you're gonna yell at us. That's what happens." But at this place, it was just a bunch of yuppies who were like, "You're just mean to me." And then it took a long time for people to get the room back because they yeah. were like, "Why is the scary man yelling at us? <laughs> we don't want to laugh anymore. We just kind of want to leave now." <laughs> yeah, I've unfortunately I've had rooms like that that I do on a weekly basis that. Um, you know, the week before, people were talking and drunk and just obnoxious and ignorant. So then the next week, I start the show saying, all right, everybody, no talking during the show. I'm like, why is he being a dick right off the bat? And I, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is not the exact same audience as last week. Yeah. So why am I being mean to them? Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, somebody's going to talk. And the audience is like, oh, it makes sense now. That's why he was being a dick, so that we could enjoy the show. Right. 
and there's just, I don't know, there's just always somebody talking. And that's the worst part is when somebody heckles you, you can play around with it. You can, you know, you can talk about it. But if somebody's just talking in the audience, you can't make out what they're saying, but they're just being noisy. That is one of the most annoying things ever. <sighs> All right, let's talk about happier things. Right. Um, who are some of your biggest influences? Oh God! Let's I know, it's see. A question. I don't normally ask that one, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, we were actually talking about it earlier. You were talking about uh, when you were getting started and comparing yourself to others. And last night, my girlfriend and I were sitting here and we listened to a Jonathan Winters album, mm-hmm. uh, vinyl. And as you know, by the time we flipped the record, I was like, I, I am gonna give up on my um, improv career. Because there's just absolutely no way that I could ever be even close to as good as this. Oh guy man, is. yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were just listening to the record, and it pretty much consists of him on stage, just creating scenarios and stories, and just throwing jokes in there. Mm. And of course, uh, Elaine had mentioned uh, of how she listens to a lot of podcasts now too. And a lot of comedians will talk about who influenced them, and then she'll go and listen to not only that person but who was mm-hmm. influenced, mm-hmm. and compare them and see how uh, you know how they sound. So like uh, like Pete Holmes always talks mm-hmm. about Brian Regan, mm-hmm. and there are jokes that Pete Holmes does that sound exactly like what Brian Regan would do. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> she mentioned last night Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Robin Williams is almost exactly like uh, Jonathan um, Waters. Winters. Uh, Winters. Winters. Sorry, Waters. <laughs> Completely different guy. Uh, Winters. And but here's the thing: is that Robin Williams will come off the stage sweating, mm-hmm. like oh, panting, yeah. exhausted, and he is just slightly below uh, with jo- what Jonathan Winters could do. And we were listening to that album, and Winters wasn't even trying. Like, mm-hmm. he would do, like, this 10-minute in-depth story of, like, these two pilots in this ridiculous situation, making it up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. And these words were just falling effortlessly out of his mouth mm-hmm. and perfectly timed jokes at perfect spots. And I, you know, for the first half, I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm really impressed. Like, it's really old humor. I'm so glad that I can still laugh at it, mm-hmm. like, this day and age. But then uh, in the second half, I was just like, He's just making this up as he goes along, and he sold records of it, and he's not even trying yeah. to do it. I There's no hope for me. Hmm. I mean, like, Robin Williams put in every ounce of energy that he had to be even close hmm. to what he had. So that's why this question came up, is what are your influences? Yeah. Um, well, um, it was always like George Carlin. For me, like I always love George Carlin stand-up specials and stuff. I always love the com- comedy in general. And when you're young, the shit that you like isn't very good, you know. Whatever. Like, uh, I watched like every uh, fucking. Um, it's not a. It's not a like a um, an inspiration or anything. But it was just something. I. I but I definitely watched all the fucking um, uh, Gallagher special. Like I've seen all of them like every time. Um, but. But the the first time I ever really like lo- like loved a fucking comedy album was uh, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer. I had it on cassette, and I fucking had to buy it like four more times because <laughs> I just would r- destroy that fucking tape. Because I listened, I um, when I was in seventh grade, I listened to it. It was just in my Walkman, and I listened to it every single day, like over and over again. And um, me and my my friend Justin Boatman would sit next to each other in the on the bus. 
and and we'd both have our own like Walkman's playing it, and we'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, uh, what party you on? And he's like, I'm on the asshole song. What party you on? I'm like, Nyquil. And then we <laughs> we just be like, sweet, like <laughs> like that. We both know what we are referencing, and that's great. And I listened to the shit out of that, and um, so that was definitely like an early one where I I just especially someone who was exaggerating something mm-hmm. something so far and that's something that I, I find like that I do with, with my stand up I love somebody that takes something small like a little thing and then just blows it so fucking far out of proportion yeah. and especially if they can be really dark and fucked up about it like I, I love that um, so like yeah Dennis Leary uh, so anybody in that vein I've always very much enjoyed uh, Patton Oswalt um, yeah. oh <clears throat> I also need to mention I used to have my comedy club in Pendleton, mm-hmm. which has a rooster's chicken. Yeah. And I would drive from Pendleton to Bend uh, to John Day, Portland, all the time. Mm-hmm. And you were doing almost the exact same voice that I did yeah. when I was making fun of the rooster's chicken. <laughs> nice. And that was when you were talking about that, I was like, I used to do that all the time when I was driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was alone, I would just create the most ridiculous voices. Like, mm-hmm. I'd read a word on a sign. And then I just start saying it more and more ridiculous. I do that all the time. And then eventually create a voice. <laughs> and then you ha- eventually create this entire character right. based off of that moment of stupidity just yeah. randomly reading a sign. I, I talk. I, I, I just took it as a uh, me being older, but I just start talking back to street signs all the fucking time. But I'll, I, something I start doing, no, I'll just drive. Stop. I'll drive and I'll just be aware. I'll be like, Moltnoma. 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 Well, no, ma, and I just started like I'll do it for like fifteen minutes in the car. But uh, the roosters thing, I it was me, Dan Weber, Alex Rios, and Scoot Herring. Yeah, we were driving back from the Idaho Last Festival, and uh, we saw a billboard for Roosters Chicken, and and it was like the cartoon chicken with a cowboy hat. And I just immediately just started going. Nine Eleven was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> like I just started just saying horrible things in a chicken voice, and it kept making us laugh. And we kept doing it in the we car. We kept doing more and more. Like just we all, the worst. we were all doing stuff. Like Noriko definitely did most of it, <laughs> but we definitely hit some. Yeah. So then later on, when I got back into town, I'm like, I gotta try to reverse engineer that into a joke somehow. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah that, that, that that car ride had things that the rooster the the rooster said the, awful the, things. Yeah, the rooster <laughs> said and we were at the vessel. You would never the ever say said awful The rooster things. said awful things we would you would never be able to say on stage. <laughs> never. Uh what was <laughs> What was the one that Well, I, yeah, yours was uh kids don't make memories till they're 5, so have <laughs> at them. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> the chicken said that. The chicken, the chicken said, said that. The chicken said that. The chicken said that. We yeah, all exactly. the, we can't be blamed for something the chicken says. Yeah, don't don't blame the chicken. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, so the, I just I just recorded that bit for a a, a little uh, compilation album we put together in in Portland. You know, the, oh, the the mixtape. The mixtape. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. How did that go? It went really well. It was really fun, and it was cool to record it in a recording studio. Like we yeah. sat people. In a recording studio for a show and just recorded it in there. It was yeah, I awesome. saw that come up on all the Facebook groups and whatnot, and I thought it was a really interesting concept. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was pretty much a comedy album compilation of mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different people. Who all was involved? Oh, a ton. Um, I don't know if I'll remember everybody, but me and Dan uh, and uh, Andy Main put it together. And then there was Alex uh, Falcone, uh, Curtis Cook, Scoot Herring, Veronica Heath, who's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Barbara, Holm was, Barbara Holm was on that. 
uh, Christian Ricketts. Christian Ricketts, who's also fucking amazing. Chris Ricketts is a really funny guy. Um, and then if I forgot anybody else, it's because they weren't funny at all and they should quit. <laughs> Caitlin so, Warehouser. No, no, Caitlin Warehouser. Yeah, she's a fucking awesome too. She killed it. So from a, I guess from a producer aspect, what, how, I mean, how did it come together and what are they now doing with that album? Wait, Dan, what are your influences? We, we totally skipped your influences. Oh, he's not important. Let's get back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. I want to know what. You want to know what my influences are? You're all like. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, I, <clears throat> it's weird for me because I, uh, like, if you say somebody's your influence, occasionally somebody will think that you agree with everything that they've said. Mm. And uh, I have to preface it by saying, in many cases, some of the people that I consider influences are people that say things have ideas that I totally don't agree with. So just Hitler then? Yeah, just Hitler. <laughs> and Bill Cosby. Uh, uh, well, Bill Cosby never talked about raping ladies. He just did it in his <laughs> spare time. Uh, but certainly he was one of the first comedians I, like Bill Cosby himself was one of the mm -hmm. first albums I ever heard. Yeah. And uh, and I thought it was amazing, but it don't, I don't do anything like yeah. him. Uh, probably like uh, the the three guys that, I, that are around right now that I find uh, that I like... Um, I admire the the uh, Bill Hicks ability to talk about like yeah. heavy shit and still be pretty funny about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I like that a lot. Uh, there's this guy uh, Lee Camp, um, who uh, is a heavily political comedian. He talks mostly about like how fucked the world is uh, and how he does that, and then he intersperses that with jokes that are kind of just gross and dumb. To cut it so that like you just let the steam off. Like everybody's got this build, like oh fuck, we are screwed. And then he'll tell some dumb jick joke. Yeah. And then he'll do like more that. And and uh, I really like, I like the way Patrice O'Neill does comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very fond of a few of the things that he said. Yeah. And I think he says them in a very funny way. But I disagree with like ninety percent of what the man thought about mm -hmm. life. Yeah. But the way, like, the thing that Patrice does that I wish I could do is he'll end a punchline halfway through a sentence and let the crowd finish the oh, punchline. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. And it, it just murders I, every yeah. time. I love it. He just gives up. He gets exasperated mid-sentence. I love that so much. <laughs> These white people are just... Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fucking yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and then and then everybody's like, woo! Like, yeah. I love that. It, it, those are the... Uh, yeah, I mean, if I if 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 I had one person Fuck. that I wish I could be like half, if I if I could be half as funny ever as as Doug Stanhope and have a similar type of career, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I would do. Like yeah. I would have, I would do that in a second. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Patrice is a uh, elephant in the room again. You, I like I I like fuck like we, we like, I like fucked up shit so I like it if somebody can make me laugh at something I totally do not agree with. Oh yeah, you know? I'm not yeah. saying I it's think not that's funny. amazing. I just don't agree. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I just we, we, it is important to preface the you know they're like oh by the way I am not a, a horrible misogynist but uh or, or uh but he yeah the guy's so fucking like elephant in the room is fucking was like one of the funniest stand up specials like ever it's so fucking funny man yeah um. But yeah. Anyway, that's my basically. It's, I was just it's, interested. It's the guy, the guys, Bill Hicks, uh, Bill Hicks and Lee Camp's ability to talk about subjects that are hard to talk about and make them funny, uh, and uh, Patrice O'Neill's ability, the way that he does punchlines, yeah, and the way he approaches comedy, 
uh, and how he does comedy is great. And I also like uh, there's this kid uh, guy uh, Rory Scovel, mm-hmm. and it, this kind of gets into uh, basically I think comedy uh, is headed in a direction where um, you know how like it used to be you would do a set you would get your 45 minutes whatever you would tighten it up you would make it totally crystal clear and then you would perform it around the country I think that's gonna die I oh don't yeah, think yeah. there's because the internet makes that impossible. Somebody's going to film your set. Yeah. So instead, guys like the guys who are going to succeed are guys like Rory Scovel, T.J. Miller, even the even lesser degree like Eddie Pepitone. Mm-hmm. Guys that go out there and like you have no fucking idea. They have material. They're going to do it in a different order. It might not be done the same way. Yeah. And when they do it, it's just going to be like it's going to be funny, but it's not. Every show is different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that has to be it. Kind of has to be the way. If you're gonna succeed at comedy in the future, you kind of have to do that. Yeah, because you you have to give somebody a reason to come see. Oh, one last person who's a huge influence is Bill Burr, just because. Oh, yeah, he he is. I don't know. He's the shit. Yeah, Bill mm-hmm. Burr is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah he and I mean uh, Patrice also has the ability yeah. to just start out with what his main idea is. And then he is developing just as he's talking. So what he's saying right now is something that he thought of 30 seconds ago. Mm. And it's just now coming out. And everything flows so well. And Bill Burr is one of the best people at that. Mm -hmm. And he does such a great job of being really serious about something. And then all of a sudden, the next sentence, he will say just as serious as the last one. But that's the joke. Mm -hmm. And just throws it in there. And you're like, oh, he did it. And it's just not not I don't want to say off putting, but it's it's such a surprise mm. to just have that in there that that also adds to the excitement of the laughter itself mm. is that he was able to surprise you with that and just throw it in there. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, those are yeah, boring, <laughs> boring influences. <laughs> I didn't give a shit whether I said any of that. So that's all, Nariko. Yeah. <laughs> you brought it up. I was I'm much more interested did. to talk about the thing you wanted to talk about next. Now, uh, if you had a top three favorite foods, what would they be? <laughs> they would be dick. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that number three or Vagina. number one? Vagina. <laughs> Wait, what order are we going in? Yeah, we're going from Bob to uh, There's just no particular order. <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah. And uh, I'd say pizza. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, pizza's good. Pussy, you can pussy is number one, well, two, and three. Pizza's <laughs> good. Pizza's good <laughs> because it. you can fold it up and it's like a vagina, it's or you like can a, roll like it a, up like and a, it's like a, a cheesy like a, dick. There you it's go. Like yeah. a, it, no, you, uh, a dick was a joke. Uh, the <laughs> vaginas. There's no. There's no jokes about vaginas, man. That's that's no joke. That's just that's just good stuff. <laughs> Eat it all okay. day. Yeah. No. Right. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Like a. <clears throat> Mm. Yeah, vagina day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> I would hope. Well, or, at or, yeah. that, or right. makes you book an appointment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you get the sore on the side of your mouth, and you're like, ah, that was mm. probably a mistake. Mm. No, it's just chafing. It's just chafing. There's a little. You gotta. Weird. I break out there. every yeah. time. Every time. <laughs> every time I get every a time. I get a, I get pimples on my. Every time. Uh, <laughs> every time Teresa's vagina is in my mouth, I just break out. <laughs> it's like I got with that. zits on my tongue. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to hot. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the strangest thing. All right, uh, we're I guess we're over our hour now, uh, so we'll bring it uh, we'll bring it in here. So you can interpret the que- this question however you want, but it is a two-parter, which is 
what is your definition of success? Now, you can apply this to your comedy career or life or anything like that. And the second part is, where are you in relation to that definition? Let's see. Success would be probably like like just just having a lot of like pussy like at any time like just it, it like available to me like and like different kinds yeah different f- flavor you know uh and just just you know whenever i want it you yeah, know okay. and then uh oh and then like a king size like human size litter box <laughs> i'm tired of toilets yeah. i just want to i just want to like just you know just want to kick some sand over it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T- toilet paper is <laughs> out. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, how wasteful is fucking, we're cutting down trees to wipe our ass. That's, I should you just rub, sand for I should just rub some gravel in it. <laughs> fucking call that, you know. Yeah. Start my busy morning. Go for a jog. And, well, and then go follow up. Jog. Just have a fucking quarter mile track. Yeah. That's just, a that's a right. box that you just shit while you run. Rub some rub some ball court sort of a right. thing. Yeah. Rub and some then, yeah, yeah, rub some like <laughs> No, you have some c- limestone on it. No, go for run, a bike ride. Run, I don't then, understand. And then at the end they just got a hose that you hose your asshole out. Yeah, with. that's yeah. fine. I think Why it's use paper. Really? Well, water is even more scarce really. I mean, it, uh, you, like it you will be. Yeah, so I think But sand. if you're rich enough to have that litter box, do you really give a fuck? Yeah. Uh, no, you don't. You're going to use all the water you want, and right. while people are like, he's hosing his ass out with something I could be drinking, and you're just like, I know, and then you beat off in front of him. Mm. Yeah. So it makes you hot. Makes you makes you sexually excited to fuck right. over people like that. That's what I'm getting at. I'm just looking at you, and I think that's what would happen. Oh, right. So, and the follow-up question is, where are you in relation to your definition oh, right. of success? Oh, right. Jeez, I got to tell a few more jokes to get there. <laughs> you know what's weird? You don't have your giant litter it's box. It's hard yet. to price a giant litter box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hard to say how much it would be. I don't know, because the 1%, you know, I'm assuming that's what they use. Yeah. I mean, technically, the beach is free, but... I'm not driving there on a <laughs> shitty ass every time I have to fucking... <laughs> Go, <laughs> sir. That's why you just hang out there all day. And uh, <laughs> take care of it. Well, you when you go to get your morning. The coffee, ocean is my toilet. Stop by the beach. <laughs> says the richest man alive. God, <laughs> <be>. Oh, <laughs> <Dan>. <laughs> what is your definition? I assume uh, pussy. A lot of pussy. No, no, uh, no. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I will. I will take this much more. I'll, I will. I will answer this legitimately. <laughs> Instead of like, well, it's fucking some weird thing I thought about. Um, my definition of success would be that I just, uh, <clears throat> I have about maybe ten to twenty thousand people that like what I do enough to always pay for it, mm-hmm. so that I can just do stuff. They'll pay me to do it and then enjoy it, and I rarely ever do anything for anything else, anyone else. So. I don't. I don't necessarily like. Like recently, uh, Aziz Ansari sold out Madison Square Garden, and Louis C.K. sold it out like six times or some yeah. crazy shit like that. I'd never want to be that famous. Yeah. Never in a million. That that sounds like failure to me. Instead, I just want a very like a relatively small number of people who are really into what I do, and then I can still go to the grocery store, yeah. and no one gives a shit. Like yeah. That's kind of. That would be successful to me. Like, I get to make a living entertaining the people that want to be entertained by me, and then I don't give a fuck about everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that would be success. 
Can uh, I change my answer? <laughs> I want a gold statue of me that people wash with curried milk. Okay. How far and and oh yeah, that I and am, the pussy in the in the litter box. I am not even close. <laughs> so far away. But here's the thing, like like and some more even, of these even most people will tell you, most comedians will tell you, like you really not. Like ten years is like a really good amount of time to be doing it before you should expect to be like doing really well. I got you. I know. I I we personally know a couple people from Portland who hit it. Well, one guy basically is ten years in now. The other guy just got like a lot of success in a real hurry, which is cool. I don't have. I don't care. Yeah. Um. But uh, I would expect it to take another few years before I get anywhere close. And right now I'm trying to figure out how do I get those... Because I know, I'm pretty sure that there are 20,000 people out there that would do that in America. I just haven't found out how to tell them about me yet. Find those specific 20,000. Or whatever. Like, there's a small group. Like, I don't want it to get too big. If it started to get too big, I would get harsher and harsher until some of those people dropped off. Like, I would just continually be pushing the boundaries so that people are like, ah, you went too far this time, but th- there's a small group of people who are like, fucking, we're still on board. Yeah. I'll tell anybody what they want to hear at any time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter what the sacrifice is to my personal beliefs. Yeah. <coughs> for that, for that well, litter box. Yeah, if you want to find that small number of people, I would encourage you to just go from door to door. When they answer the door and be like, hi, I'm Dan. Uh? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Next. Turns out that would never <laughs> work. Never work. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've thought of different things. Uh, you know, I do a lot of religious material when I'm not the person who's trying to keep the crowd entertained for the yeah. next person. When I don't have to give a shit anymore, or if the person that's follow the people following me or people I don't give a fuck about, then I'll do it. Um, uh, so, so that's part of it is like doing a lot of stuff that is gonna. You know, it's going to alienate a large number of people, but the rest yeah. of the people who like it are going to really, really like it. The people that are your fans are your true fans. Yes, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's kind of where I'm. That's kind of what I'm shooting for, and I've I've been trying to figure out how to do a better job of getting in touch with those people, and just I don't care about the rest of them. Like I I don't I legitimately don't care if well over two thirds of the room hates me. Yeah. In fact, I look for Thanksgivings must be so much fun <laughs> with you. Well, I mean, uh, my family. Uh, that that's easy. Like nearly everyone. Uh, I just like when I do stand up. One of the things I look for is the person in the room that hates me, mm-hmm. and then I do I'll do a few jokes at them. It like gives me strength. Like I yeah. I know I'm doing something right if I've made at least one a few people in the room fucking mad. Yeah. Like otherwise, I feel like I've failed. Like yeah. if everyone liked what I said, fuck man, what am I doing? I want, I want at least someone in the room to be mad, if not many people. Yeah. So, well, I feel like that's kind of the mentality of uh, alternative comedy, is that back in the day it used to be you you get on stage, you make people laugh, that is your job. But now right. with the no the new alternative scene, you get on stage, you get an emotional reaction, and then you do your job. So it's not even, I mean, laughter is, you know, always the best thing to get. But at sure. the same time, if you get like a groan or like people yelling at you or something like that, if you go out there and get a strong emotional reaction out of the audience, then you feel just as accomplished, which is, I think is what people need nowadays because laughter just isn't 
as enough. Well, I mean, I also, like, I just, you know, I wish I could be. Like, it would be nice if my brain was the type of brain that was like, yeah, it would be great if I just made everyone laugh today. Yeah. Like, I would like to be, you know, there's some people that do comedy because they want to be liked, and that's not me. <laughs> I do comedy because I just like to be heard. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you like me or mm-hmm. not. So so that also plays into it. Like, this, most people who do comedy are just like, I just want you to love me, and uh, I don't care. <laughs> I think, uh, going, you know, success, I can measure it in um – it, when my e-meter reads clear. I think at that point... <laughs> I think That's I, true also. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mention I need to get rid of the thetans. Yeah, once my thetan levels... My count is too fucking high. Yeah, yeah. Once I get... <laughs> once I get clear... Once I become... And I'm on Sea Org, and I'm mm-hmm. on that ship, and I'm wearing that uniform, mm, oh, and uh, oh. you know, the animatronic corpse of L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> fingers my butthole. That's when I know... I'm I'm a success. No, I know I will have made it. (laughs) You have accomplished life. I'm done. I can check out. You can get on that ship that looks like a 747. (laughs) Yes. And fly off into whatever planet. What was it? Xenu. Xenu. (laughs) Xenu. Oh, Jesus. (sighs) Yeah. So in reality, this whole podcast was just trying to get people to believe Scientology. in Scientology. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That's 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 the message of all of my comments. Everybody, if you have listened this far into this podcast, you're officially a Scientologist. <laughs> you that's made it. Yeah, you did get 10% it. Ten percent of your money to a guy that fucking hates you. And, or you uh, can sleep in a cot in my fucking watershed. When it's sit, I have a water. I store water in it. Listen, you might have had $100,000 before you joined, but now you have none because it's all my money. Yeah, you need to work off your Your watershed is located right next to your litter box. (laughs) If Mm. only those bureaucratic aliens hadn't crash-landed on this planet a trillion years ago. Uh, Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, All right, so plugs, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Nariko, N-A-R-I-K-O-O-T-T, no space or anything. Um, Facebook forward slash Noriko Ott. Maybe it's Noriko dot Ott on Facebook. Whatever it is. Okay. And um uh yeah, that's about it right now. You can find Dan at the Tumblr page, uh Apprentice Comedian. Apprentice Comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh I uh I have uh, so on Twitter I'm at Daniel T. Weber. Uh on Facebook it's Daniel T. Weber. I have a I have a website uh, Dan Weber comedian, or you can find it at the worst good person in the world dot com, um, which is going to be the name of my first album for sure. There you go. I have a podcast called Reading the Bible with Dan, where I read the Bible and I make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on. I've been doing it in chronal uh, sequential order, and I'm at First Samuel right after Goliath gets murdered. Uh, we did that uh, podcast together. Yeah, we do that yeah. every every once in a while. Enrico's on it. Uh, Eighty five episodes now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's super fun. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, and you can find out where the fuck I'm going to be performing next on my website at the very f- on the front page. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming out and doing this. I'm yeah. so glad that you guys were able to come do the show last night and do the podcast. It's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Thank this you. Be a really fun episode. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cool. Mm-hmm.